0: Hello and welcome to Ask the Ed number 12, Night at the Museum. Because editing the site's a bit like being in a museum after dark and all the exhibits come into life, and that's just the other editors. Right, onto the first question, and that's from Zed Special One off the Liverpool site who asks If Gerrard had moved to Chelsea in 2005, how do you think his career would have panned out? Would he have thrived under Mourinho, or would Mourinho have transformed him into yet another workhorse in his midfield? Would England have benefited from Gerrard and Lampard playing together week in, week out? Well, I don't understand what you actually mean by yet another workhorse in his midfield. When were Lampard and Essien set to workhorses in his midfield? Yes, they worked hard, but his midfields always had ability too. Ability which he selected them for. Mourinho would defo have improved Gerrard. In fact, just moving away from all this hangers on telling them how wonderful he was would have improved him. Derry wouldn't have been Stevie G, everyone's blue-eyed boy who could do no wrong, and instead he would have been expected to learn and improve his all-round game. Should have gone on to be the all-time England midfield great he should have been, that learnt how to defend rather than getting caught ball-watching constantly and having to chase back and make needless rash tackles. Defoe England would have got a lot of benefit from the two playing together as well, as they would have learnt how to work as a pair. Though England did have this ridiculous obsession with playing Gerrard on the left for long spells of his career, nothing could have fixed that stupidity. Ravi123 from, yes you guessed it, the Liverpool site, asks what made VVD choose Liverpool over City. That is very simple actually, Klopp. Klopp sold the club to him and had him convinced he would be the centrepiece of a team that would dominate Europe. He explained to him what he wanted from him, how he would play, and it was the way Virgil wanted to play and the type of football he felt would get the best from him. Silverhead, yes, also from the Liverpool site, asks, What exactly happened with Digger when he was Celtic boss? Has Stevie already proven to be half decent by not getting sacked immediately? Digger is an intelligent guy with good ideas about football, but he's just not good at the management side of things. It, you know, it's a different skill set. He might have developed into a good manager if he'd started off with the right platform to develop on, the right setup in place that he could then build from with experience. Ex- assistance to get help from unfortunately digger had kenny darglis alongside him and never really used him darglis was basically just relaxing on the golf course and not sticking his oar in as he didn't want to get in the way the pair never really got their heads together and sorted out responsibilities etc and darglis left him to it in essence as digger never sought him out if they had lasted long enough they might have been able to figure it out between them and create a working partnership but too many bad results result- destroyed any chance of them having time as for Stevie G, well, he's good friends with the Rangers chairman Dave King, who used to attend Anfield in the executive boxes, as he also supports Liverpool as well as Rangers. So it's highly unlikely he would not have been given a season at least for free. So that is not a measure of his ability. This season is the test of his ability, and so far he is doing the job to a to a point. Though he will need to ensure he does not lose too many more old firm games if he is to keep the fans on side as well as win trophies. It's not often Celtic would drop points to anyone else, so the old firm games usually decide the title winner. The next question is from the Football Rumours site and is from Morty. Morty says, I have a special skill ready for when You Bet returns to TV screens. I can tell the difference between orange, mandarin, tangerine, mandarin even, tangerine and clementine jelly beans just by looking at them and know which colour is which flavour. What special skill would you showcase if you were on new Bet? Well, that is a truly special skill, Morty. Your family must be so proud of you. I doubt anyone could better that skill. Mine would have to be that I can tell the difference between there, there and there, which works better in text than when spoken. I would never have thought of it as a skill, but 18 and a half years of editing the site has taught me that no one else seems to know the difference. Now on to a question from a Rangers poster, but Bemota Blue asked it via the Liverpool site. If Steven Gerrard wins the league this year and is approached by a mid-table EPL club, does he go? Gerrard is very ambitious and very sure in his belief that his future is to prove himself with Rangers and then move to Liverpool when Klopp goes. So I would say probably not. I think he would wait. Another Liverpool site question from Silverhead and he asks, I've just read an article about transfer income factoring. I've heard of invoice factoring. But how does this work for football? If we'd done this for Studge, for example, we wouldn't have had a return. Or is it against any income in transfer cash for any player? And how much percentage might be creamed off by the banks? Thankfully, Liverpool don't seem to be involved, but this seems very dangerous for some bottom-half Prem teams. I had to look this up as I'd never actually heard of transfer income factoring, but it turned out it was exactly the same as normal invoice factoring, but just the loan is taken against future transfer income. Basically, uh, if a club, say, Liverpool sells Mo Salah for £120 million, they don't get the money up front in one lump sum. They get it paid over, say, three years. And basically, they'd be borrowing the full amount up front and then paying it back as the as the payments are made from the club buying him. This kind of thing's been going on for years in football, as long as I can remember. It's just usually it was, you know, standard income factoring which is what Peter Ridsdale loaded Leeds United with debt and then Bradford City as well and while still able to make sure he walked away with a nice fat payoff in both cases though the only real difference is that in transfer income factoring the money is loaned based on a transfer the club has made With transfer payments paid over a number of years, they are borrowing so they can spend now rather than having to wait until the cash is in the bank. It used to be done against gate money, TV revenue, merchandising income etc. This is just another way to borrow money. There is always a danger in borrowing money. The big danger in this instance is that the buying club could miss payments or go into administration and be unable to pay. A friend of mine used to deal with a couple of clubs in the Premier League accounts for a company that dealt in large upfront loans borrowed against future income for, you know, so they, when they wanted to buy a player they'd go to her for a for a loan. Well, to her company. But then it was always gates or TV money that was used to take the loan against. Those ones were usually very short term loans that were quickly paid back and the future income was just proof of income like you would show bank statements or pay slips to get a mortgage. It's just now that a single transfer can bring in such a large amount of money, it, it's a viable commodity to use as collateral to take out a loan. So it's not really any more or less dangerous than any other loan. It all comes down to the loanee not borrowing beyond their means to pay back. Another Liverpool site question is from Happy Red Pants. Not sure if they're Ken Aguero's missing lucky pants or not, who says... I heard one. That Muppet Michael Owen has been talking about Alan Shearer being inches away from signing for Liverpool after Sir Bobby Robson put him on the bench. This is the first time I have heard of this. Do you know anything about it? That particular time, I know he threw a bit of a tantrum and considered leaving, but as far as I'm aware, there was never any actual move close, not that time. From what I was told, he was just bluffing in order to get back in the team and had no intention of actually moving. Just a bit of a toys out the pram moment, but they were soon put back in after a word with Sir Bobby. The closest he actually came was when he was at Southampton, but the deal fell through. If I remember correctly, he was also nearly signed from Blackburn a bit later, but because Ruddock was already at Liverpool, it was decided to pull up because the two together had been extremely problematic at the Saints'. Ruddock was already proven difficult enough on his own and they did not want to add his old pr- partner in crime. Should have just dumped Ruddock into a ditch by the side of the road where the M belonged and signed Shearer, but day ago. Liverpool was run by incompetence in those days. On to a Man United site question from BFRO, who asks, Do you not think the club should look at Roy Keane as a coach in some capacity? All his knowledge of the club, etc. I personally would have had him over OGS, thanks. I'm not sure if this is a wind-up or not. Is is this a joke? Like, I mean, the man is a dreadful coach, a nasty backstabbing bully, and has very few, if any, friends within the club or the game at all. Keane is too stupid to understand that fear does not inspire people to play at their best. It makes them tighten up and play poorly. The man should never be near any players, in a coaching capacity is simply not good at dealing with people. Now, back to the Liverpool site, and it's Sky Seller who asks... Hey Ed, just how good would it have been to have an in-prime Xabi Alonso in this side? Do you think he can make our midfield even better? Cheers mate. I absolutely love Xabi. He's one of the best midfielders I've ever seen and the best at the holding role with his incredible range of passing added to his fantastic reading of the game. Fabinho is a great player but Xabi Alonso is even better and would take the team to a whole new level. Another one from the Liverpool site. Well, it's not really a question, from Big Verge. who says, This is a petition to reinstate Ed1's written match reviews. If this post gets published and gets 70 thumbs up, Ed1 has to agree to bring them back. Agreed by the High Court. I'm not sure you posted this in the right place, mate. For one, there are no thumbs up to give on here. And for the second one, I've already been harangued and bullied, and that was just by ed Six into bringing them back. The left will eat itself from the Spurs site is back with a new question. Go on, I'm a sucker for punishment and live L4 here, mate. I'm a yeard but why exactly did Liverpool win the final and why did Spurs lose it, if that's the case? There are always lots of reasons, but the main one for me was motivation. Klopp is a better motivator than Poch. Added to the fact that Liverpool lost the previous year and had the extra desire to put that right. Then there is a tactic. Spurs are very reliant on Eriksen to create, which, added to poor discipline, is why they can be relied upon to fail in big games, usually. In the big games, Eriksen is given little time and space to operate. He's simply not good enough to create his own time and space. Added to that, there was the relative morale of the squad. Liverpool were flying high and loving life. Spurs' squad is full of unhappy players and a manager that all want to leave. Now on to another question from Sky Salah, which is... Just how good do you think Alanson Becker is, and how does he fare up against some of the greatest keepers that you've ever seen? To be honest, it is impossible to compare him against the older time keepers. The style of players changed so much with the no picking up of back passes that you are not really comparing like with like. Plus he has only really had a couple of seasons to judge him with. In terms of how good he is, What well, he is right now the best around. He is an excellent shot stopper but it is what he brings to the team with the ball at his feet that is the key to his ability. Added to that he is extremely quick off his line and very good at sweeping up. The closest to him in ability is Edison but he's not half as good a shot stopper as Allison is. Roro1892 has his boxing hat on this time and asks, When writing your articles, you have mentioned that you use a lot of books to get your information. Do you have a large book collection of your own or do you use the library in places like that? Also, do you have a timetable and or word count when writing them? You normally find the ebook version cheap online to download or even free copies. If it is just a section of a book with a piece on the person I'm looking for, then there is often, I think, Google Books, I think it's called, who have some sections of books for free. I never use a word count, as sometimes there's almost nothing to write about some people, and others there is huge amounts. The timetable tends to come down to how soon I finish the research. As soon as I do that, I'll push harder to get it written, but I don't always post them immediately. I try and keep one article back for a day when there is not enough news to fill a review of the day. Another question from the football rumours site comes from Zoe. She says, or hes uh, well I'm assuming it's a she, my husband is obsessed with making the whole family test him on various different jelly beans to prove he can tell the different types apart. Is there any way of getting him to stop as there is no chance you bet we'll ever come back to the TV screens? If it was me, I would mix up the beans in their packets so he never gets it right. He will soon give up you'll regret it when he gets the call to go on you bet and fails miserably, embarrassing you all on live TV. The final question from this podcast is from King Kenny 7 on the Liverpool site, and he asks, If you were Jürgen Klopp, how would you navigate the Reds to a busy December? For me, the main two trophies worth winning are the Premier League and the Champions League, obviously hoping the Reds can go one better than last year and win number 19. Would you play mainly squad players like Shaq and Lovren, or would you go full strength and look to win the tournament? I'm guessing you're asking about the League Cup? If I'm wrong, I apologise. I know it is a minor tournament compared to the Prem and Champions League, but I want to win everything. Having said that, players like Shaq and Lovren should be good enough and they will need first team games if they are to stay match sharp when needed. So they do need games at times, why not in the League Cup? So there we have it. Asti Head, Knight of the Museum. But before I go, I'd just like to send a message of good luck to my dad, who is starting a new job as an exhibit at his local museum. Best of luck, old, old fella.